Warning, the following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, kitties. This is your duly John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to Slasher Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Slasher Radio, it is your boy Bones, and I am joined by Rob Humphrey. Yeah, how you doing, Mikey? (laughs) God damn it. It's a good night to be Bones. Oh god, yeah, tell me about it, Jesus Christ. Uh, What's going on in the world of Humphrey? Not much. I actually got some really good news today. I'm excited about it. Uh, I ordered a record for Record Store Day, and it looked like it had gotten lost in the mail. Like it had taken forever to get here, so finally I contacted the store, and they were like, "Yeah, that says it was delivered August 31st, right?" Mm-hmm. So they sent me a they sent me the tracking number, and I looked, and yeah, that's what it said. So then I had to get a hold of the post office. The post office didn't give a shit, you know. They're like, yeah. "Yeah, we'll see what we can do," but they don't they don't really care. So I'd given up hope of finding that record or ever getting it again. Today uh-huh. I got an email from the record store. They're like, "Some dude just dropped your package off here." <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, yeah. So that's pretty sweet. I'm hoping I can pick it up tomorrow. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. So wait a minute. They brought it to a record store? Yeah, they took it back to the record store that, that sent it to me. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought like just some random ass fucking no. record store. No, but it's crazy because they took it back to the record store I ordered it from, which is like an hour from here. Huh. So I don't know what that, you know, I don't know what that was all about. But anyway, I'm super excited that uh, I'm hoping to get it. Nice. Wow. What record is it now? That's the it's main question. A, uh, it is the Record Store Day reissue of the Black Crows album Lions. Okay. Yeah. So I'm hoping to be able to jam that out soon. Not my cup of tea, but okay, okay. Yeah. I, I'm digging it. Yeah, I'm guessing you and I don't listen to the same type of music. We do not. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be my guess. We do not. Rob, th- this is going to be a very trying episode for me. And because I'm here? <laughs> partly. <laughs> I have made the decision that I'm going to quit smoking cigarettes. Oh, no. Yes. And uh, as anyone who listens to our show regularly will hear my lighter go off fairly often throughout the show. And I'm going to try and quit smoking. It's very difficult. I've been at it. Uh, I don't remember when. I think Thursday. I finished, so I only bought, from Thursday, I bought now two packs of cigarettes. This is now Saturday, and mm-hmm. I just opened the other one. So uh-huh. one pack of cigarettes lasted me through Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah. Which is big for me. That's huge, yeah. But yeah, so. Now, is that how you're going to try and quit? You're going to try and wean yourself off of them? <clears throat> I was going to try and quit just cold turkey. Mm-hmm. That ain't happening. No, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's a sucker's game there. Yeah, and you know what? The physical aspect is something I didn't think about because I was getting headaches. I was tired as all hell, like just falling asleep. Like it was bad. So my thing is I'm going to try and stick to one. Like I was a heavy smoker and especially like certain things like now when I record, like that was my time to chill, you know, so I would have a bunch of cigarettes and like even now I'm having a drink also, you know, pushing for it. So 
Um, I'm trying to go for one cigarette every hour. Oh, okay. And then eventually I'm going to, I mean, and you know, I'll do that anyway, most of the time, but like if I'm on Xbox or whatever I'm doing, like I'll have, you know, multiple cigarettes because you don't really pay attention. So I'm going to try and stick to one every hour, no matter what. And then sooner than later, I want to go to one every two, every other hour. Yeah. And then just kind of do it like that. And that, that's my goal. Yeah, that's a good plan, I think. Yeah, so now being now that I'm recording is a time where I'll usually have a couple of cigarettes. I'm going to try and stick to one cigarette this right. entire episode and you being on here makes that even more difficult. <laughs> I I can see. I can see that. Now, yes. let me ask you this. You're in New York, right? Oh god, yes. I know where you're going. What's a pack of cigarette cost there? That was the main reason. I mean, it's not the main reason, but the biggest reason for me to quit smoking is because it's become too expensive. Two packs of cigarettes will cost me $27. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. 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 And I'm, I'm about a pack a day guy. Yeah. So you can imagine. Yeah, it's very you gotta, expensive. You got to take out a second mortgage on your home to get a carton. Dude, for real. And it, it's just. It's become too much, man. It's just yeah. too, like, I'm tired. I was sitting here going, you know what? I I spend in cigarettes every month almost my car payment. Yeah. About, you know, obviously less, but still, like, for fucking cigarettes that are here and gone and killing me, you know, like, I, I could pay for most of, probably about good three quarters of my car every month. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's expensive, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was talking to Ghost about it yesterday, and... She was saying how like my cigarettes are eight dollars by her. Um, I I had, haven't bought cigarettes in a long time because I do the vaping thing. Ugh. But I, I yeah I think they're about seven or eight bucks a pack here. Yeah. So that 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 was yeah that's my thing. They're about twelve dollars and change or whatever or, or some stuff like that. Uh, so that that's why they're very. And then you add tax and it, it's just it's too much, man. It's too much. Yeah. Yeah, that's expensive. Yeah, it is. It is. So that that's my goal. And I don't know when I'm going to have this damn cigarette, but I'm I'm going to have it at one. I'm going to try and hold myself to one this entire episode. Think all that money that you save up, you can buy yourself a PlayStation. <laughs> you Anyone who follows <laughs> us on Twitter, this PlayStation <laughs> Xbox argument's gotten out of control. Oh, oh my God. Oh, man. Rob yeah. Humphrey causing all kinds of trouble. I didn't do anything. That guy came out of nowhere. He into a conversation that didn't have a damn thing to do with him. Yeah, but jeez. Um, yeah, so that's that's my goal. I, I just kind of wanted to mention it, man, because it is a bitch, and it really is something that I, I feel smokers should try. I don't want to preach here or nothing, but damn mm. it, man. Especially in areas like this, like they're so goddamn expensive. Yeah, well, I don't know a single smoker who hasn't tried to quit before, so, you know. Yeah, I've tried before, and yeah. here I am. But you know what? I've been doing good. I, I'm trying to break habits. Like, I'm trying not to smoke after I eat. Yeah, that's that's tough. Yeah, and I'm trying not to smoke in the car. And, you know, small things like that, which are, are the bigger battles, and then just kind of wean the rest. That's my goal. But yeah. I, you're going to piss me off to some point. I know I'm going to have the cigarette sooner than later. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so, well, I don't know. Um. But, Mr. Humphrey, are you ready to hump the news? Yeah, let's do it. Let's take a look at the news. It's time to hump the news with Rob 
He's not a genius. Okay. I don't know what's happening. There's a lot happening, believe it or not. I've been kind of out of touch. Uh, we're a little news heavy this week. Um, I want to start off with, uh, by the way, you can go to 12nightshorror.com, promotehorror.com, horrormoviestuff.com. Go check all them out. Um, you can also check out these articles on slasherradio.com. I want to get to the what I feel is the bigger news first. Okay. And this article is written by William Scrumpert. Rob, I don't know how involved you are with this, but Walking Dead is done, man, soon. Uh, I haven't watched The Walking Dead since like the end of the first season. Oh my! God. I didn't like it. I didn't. I didn't like the first <gasps> season at all. So I was out. Really? Yeah. Um, I, I just found it boring. Um, and then uh, everything I heard about it was, yeah, it's kind of boring. It, it moves slow. Like they took pride in that, which is cool, you know. And I know a lot of people liked it. It just I found it boring, so I didn't watch. it. Oh my God, man! See, I, I fell off of the Walking Dead train. Maybe they're in season 10 now probably like the end of season 8 so right around some, some in that neighborhood but man I used to be a fanatic like Walking Dead every night me and Bobby lived together at the time that's how long ago it was and we would sit and we'd have a drink a little roll up a little bit of smoky smoke and we'd sit on the couch I'd have my fucking blanket on and the lights out and we would watch Walking Dead like it was every fucking Sunday and it kind of fell off over the years, but, oh, man, I was huge onto it. But it's not over and done completely. And I don't know if you heard about this stuff from it, but um, the characters Daryl and Carol are going to have their own spinoff show. Which I don't I don't care for that. Their names remind me. <laughs> I know. I didn't fucked up. I know. But uh, they're two very prominent characters in the show, especially Daryl. Is that what it's going to be called? The Daryl and Carol show? I don't, I don't think so, Rob. Why would you? They, they better not. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like the names rhyming. That drives me. That's kind of annoying. But, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know the characters. I think I kind of remember Daryl. Yeah. But I don't know who Carol is. Yeah, my grandmother loves Daryl. She says, um, find her in the woods with Daryl and all that, which I'm not a fan of her saying. But <laughs> he's a really prominent character, so they're going to have their own thing. But what I find most interesting is... I don't remember the exact name. Tales of the Dead, Tales of the Walking Dead, something like that. They're going to have a show. And I think they said 2023 is when around we can expect it. And it's going to be an anthology show, Tales from the Walking Dead or something like that. And it's going to allow, it's going to be anthology, random stories about the Walking Dead universe. So it could be Fear the Walking Dead. It could be older characters that died early in the franchise. Like, that's really cool that they're doing that, at least. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Now, is Fear the Walking Dead still on? I don't even know. It is. I don't yeah. like it. I never I never even watched an episode of it. I, I gave it a fair try. I gave it two tries. I can't do it. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, it's, you know, that's a big thing if the show comes to an end. You know, there's no doubt about that. It's just not a show I particularly would like, but, you know, it had an impact. It, it was huge. But uh, I, I like the idea because there's so many characters that, I mean, that was the main reason I fell off on it because Rick is gone and uh, Shane was really cool to me. He died forever ago. Like, there's a lot of characters that aren't there anymore that this kind of thing gives them that opportunity to just bring them back whenever they feel like it. Yeah, and even Michonne, I, I I think left the show already or something. I haven't watched the season yet, but 
I feel like um, from what it seemed like, especially with Andrew Lincoln, who played Rick, where it was more the schedule was demanding. And, you know, they film on location and all that stuff in yeah. the middle of Georgia. Yeah, they actually filmed not far from where my dad lived. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. He, as a matter of fact, he he told me he's uh, he, uh, a couple of times registered to be an extra on the show. He was hoping to get turned into a zombie. Ooh. And uh, they called him back uh, a couple of times. But both times when they called him, he was on the golf course. And he doesn't take his phone on the golf course. Oh. So he missed the, he missed the call. Um, but yeah, it's not very far from where from where my dad lives at all. Yeah, so I, I feel like that's the bigger problem with with as far the actors because I could imagine standing out in a hundred degree weather with makeup and all that shit they have to have on on yeah. gets tiring. So you know if they can maybe do like an episode or two here and there, it won't be as bad, and they'd be more prone to coming back. You know, fairly often is what I hope. But my thing, Rob, hear me out. I think if they're doing this Tales from the Walking Dead thing, they should go Tales from the Crypt style and mm-hmm. have a, a, a character like the Crypt Keeper and mm-hmm. make him a zombie and like just kind of have that in there, too. No, that'd be all right. That'd be cool. I haven't had one of those in a while. Right? I mean, if we can't get Tales from the Crypt, that's not a bad alternative. Yeah, like a good host. That hasn't, uh, we haven't had that in a while. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. Right. One day, one day. I, I don't know. I would like to, um, I, you know, obviously Halloween's coming up, and I kind of want to see if we can get Greg Nicotero on again, because yeah. he was just so much fun to talk to, and especially now with all this Walking Dead shit happening. I want to throw that at him and say, you you and the AMC need to say, fuck what you guys are doing, and just do that. <laughs> I need a cut, too. Yeah. Maybe they'll make it you. Maybe you can be the host guy. I would be, I would be a pretty yeah. good zombie. Yeah. Not a bad idea. Not as long bad. as they make it so you can't talk, it'll be fine. Oh, you bastard. You <laughs> bastard. Where's my lighter? I'm about to fucking... I'm wait. I'm wait. I'm wait. Um, yeah, so that sucks, Walking Dead. It, it ten, 10 years it's been around. It's a long time. Yeah, I mean, that's a good long run for any kind of show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was heartbreaking, but yeah, at least we have stuff to look forward to on it. But um, anyway, so next up, Candyman, yeah, is not coming out in October. It's been I know. pushed to 2021. Yeah, I saw this and my heart sank. <sighs> you gotta be kidding me. When was it supposed to come out? Well, it was. I think I'm not sure what the original date was. I know they had a date in September, right? And I don't know if that was the original date or if there was one before that. But then they moved it to October, and now it's just next year, I guess. But did they have an October date? It was. Um, October, I think it was the like 16th. Okay. It be, it was whatever date Halloween Kills originally had. Ooh. Boss. They moved Halloween Kills out of that date and um, moved Candyman into it. And uh, I was really disappointed to find out that it didn't. Are we? I don't even know if we're gonna have any horror movies in theaters come October. You know, my my grandmother actually speaking to her before was over here today and. She said that to me earlier. She was like, well, I don't know what's going to be out for Halloween. And I said, I don't know. Yeah, I can't think of anything. At least not off the top of my head. Yeah. But you know what, man? And and I've been saying this. What they? I mean, it's always great to have new shit out. Don't get me wrong. But they really wouldn't. It wouldn't kill them to, since they're starting to open theaters now. Put some old movies in there. Well, they've been doing that here. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, 
I, I think now they're out of that, but like when they first opened up, uh-huh. they had, uh, I think, Back to the Future and Ghostbusters and um, uh, I don't remember. Oh, they did a, they put Inception in Ugh. theaters for like its 10th anniversary. Yeah, I didn't like that movie. Mm-hmm. And so they were, they were doing that because that's what drive-ins have been doing too. Right. Uh, I was going to go to the drive-in tonight. They were showing a double feature of Scream and the original Friday the 13th. Ooh. But it was, they were calling, it looked like there was a good chance of thunderstorm. Oh. I, I don't think those ever came to pass, but I decided not, not to go. Oh, that sucks. Because nothing would be worse than sitting out there and it starts storming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if somebody has a convertible sitting there. God damn. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I can't think of anything that's going to be out in October. Anything new. Uh-huh. I don't know. That's going to be weird. going to be very weird. But, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, it just didn't seem like, I, I don't know. It didn't catch that wave. It's almost like people subconsciously knew it wasn't coming out. Yeah. You know, it's like it just never picked up any more thunder. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know what they're gonna do with all these movies. Next year should be stacked. Oh my god, we're gonna get a new movie every weekend next year. Yeah. Yeah. God, that sucks. Um anyway, so next up what the oh there it is. Friday the thirteenth four hour Crystal Lake Memories disc is now available on Blu ray, I believe. Yeah, Blu ray. Is this an addition to the uh, the movie that they've already put out? I don't know. It's it's on it. It's they're saying it's on sale on its own. Okay, I'll have to look at it. I don't think it's ever been out on its own before. I didn't hear about that. I don't know anything about that. Like the, uh, I know I watched the documentary, the full thing on Shutter. That was that was a great night actually. I had the uh, house to myself. You did it all in one night. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, I sat down. It's like, I don't know what it was, like seven hours or something? Yeah. So, yeah, I started it, and, uh, ordered pizza, you know, got oh, had, uh, got a bottle of rum. Mm. <laughs> and I just sat there and watched the whole thing. It was great. Um, I really like that. Um, so I'll, I'll look at this extra, whatever this other disc is. Yeah, I, I haven't finished it yet, but oh my God. There, I love shit like that. Documentaries yeah. and all, especially when... Because, I mean, it's cool when you get, get documentaries and it's, you know... I, I don't want to... I guess, like, third-party kind of thing. But this, they had everybody. The only downside was I had to listen to fucking Kane Hodder. As <laughs> oh, often come as on. I did, but... Come on. <laughs> Kane's, a, Kane's a good dude. Eh. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like the... Um... The Nightmare on Elm Street one's good, too. Have you seen that one, Never Sleep Again? I haven't yet, and I want to. Yeah, I think that one's not as long. I think that one's like four hours or something. Um, and it's really good, too. It's the same thing. Like, they get pretty much everybody uh, to come back and talk about the movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go through each film. I wish somebody would do one like that for Halloween. Ooh. Like, I don't think there is, like, a, a franchise-spanning documentary for Halloween. It'd be cool if somebody did one. That would be awesome. Scream wouldn't be bad to have one, but we won't, you know, Craven wouldn't be in it. Yeah, I've seen one for Scream that was done, like, after 3 came out. Really? Yeah, and it's not too bad. Huh, that one fell right under my radar. I didn't even know yeah, about that. I can't remember the name of it. I think um, Brian Turek was involved. I don't know if he produced it or directed it or whatever. Uh-huh. He's uh, on the Shockwaves podcast and also works for Blumhouse now. Okay. Um, he's worked on a bunch of stuff at Blumhouse, uh, including these new Halloween films. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think this was a, a project that he did um, long before joining Blumhouse. 
and it's not too bad it's not um quite as in-depth as you know the other two yeah it's still pretty good i mean yeah somebody could really sit down and do a really in-depth look at the screen franchise i think I, i've been watching those um actually my son had had never seen them so uh today we watched scream one and two and uh i'll try and show him three or four tomorrow Ooh, and and three's a bit of a bumpy ride but i think he'll yeah. like four a lot yeah, yeah. yeah. he might tune out at three i don't know we'll see yeah well speaking of scream uh up next neve campbell is back for the, the scream movie i did see that that's good um without her it wouldn't have been a scream movie yeah you know would have just been a mess um so having her come back is great and you know hopefully they'll do the right thing and make her the killer this time you really, really, really want to push her for that shit. I you? am. Yeah, yeah. I really want to push her for that. I was so convinced that that was going to be what for. Like, I was just, it, it was just, I don't even know where the hell I got that from. Like, it popped into my mind at some point, and I was convinced that that's what they were going to do. So when it didn't happen, I was so disappointed. Uh, but now I'm, I'm just like, come on, you guys got to pay it off right. Now, if they do do it, are you going to try and sue? Well, you know, maybe. I, I, I'm not going to waive my rights just yet. Uh, see, that would be an awesome twist. And I'm kind of pissed because if they do do it, you ruined it for me. Because I would have never seen that coming. But it's ballsy as all hell, man. Yeah. Well, I think the reason I thought of it was because when they were going into four, they were talking about how it was going to be, they were going to make a new trilogy. And they were going to hand it off to a younger cast, like the next right. generation cast. So I thought that would have been the perfect way to do it. Yeah. But then they didn't really do that, and then 4 came out, and then you, there was very little talk of any more screen movies. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that they when 4 came out, everyone was like talking about how, oh, it's going to be more, and 5 is planned, and 6 is planned, and then just nothing yeah. ever came of any of it. Yeah, and then Wes died, and I assumed yeah. that was going to be the end of it. And then that TV show, which was kind of yeah. like that. That's in its own thing. I don't even really. No, it's not really part of the screen canon for me, but no. I don't hate the TV show. Like, I enjoyed it. I don't either. I never, I haven't seen the new uh, stuff yet with Tony Todd in it and all that, but. Yeah. It wasn't bad. No, I thought all three seasons were, were pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, just like that show, um, there's a Canadian show on Netflix called Slasher. Um, that was not bad either. It's the same kind of thing. I still haven't caught that. I don't want to. Yeah, it's pretty. It's you know, it's entertaining. I mean, it's not you know, genius or anything, but it's mm-hmm. fun. Well, shit. Yeah, I gotta check that out. But I don't know, man. I, I'm just glad Bobby is was always at the the forefront of. He wants a whole new cast. And, yeah. I mean, as ballsy as that is, but we talked about Candyman, and although Tony Todd was never really confirmed to be in it. It does seem like he might be in it and is passing that torch. That really seems to me to be the way it's going to go. Right. It's Tony Todd's going to be passing the torch. Um, and I think that's great. You know, I, I don't see anything wrong with that at all. And I think that if Scream could somehow do the same thing, you know, that'd be cool as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I mean, for, especially for people like us who grew up on and were there for the originals. Like it's uh, like you know I I don't want anybody but Tony Todd to be Candyman but you know what Tony Todd still a phenomenal actor but you know he's sixty five years old and 
I would imagine that's a demanding role physically, and you know, it, I, he probably doesn't even want to deal with that bullshit anymore. So yeah, that's the best way to do it. That's why I never really liked the uh, Robert England thing with uh, with Nightmare. There's really no way to pass that torch. Yeah. So it's like it's just here's a new Freddy Krueger. Deal with it. It's like, well, fuck, I don't want to. But at least, yeah. like you know, it's almost like Tony Todd is telling us it's okay. Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe they could do that with Scream too. I don't know. It just yeah. sucks, man. Well, Tony Todd don't want to be dealing with all those bees and bullshit. <laughs> I don't blame that fucking. <laughs> <any bees. laughs> no, no way. But um, yeah, it's a little. Scream is a little different though because you don't have to. You know, there's no real passing of the torch for Ghostface. I mean, right. Ghostface can be anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it'd be nice if they could find a way to continue the story and make it fit with, you know, the previous movies if they were going to go that route. Yeah, and, and come up with a new cast and stuff. Oh. That's it's so scary. That would be kind of nice. Otherwise, you just you know you're just doing a reboot, right? It's not calling it a reboot, right? But I do like how these horror movies have been kind of doing that passing of the torch thing, and if that's what they're going to start in Scream Five, at least they're doing it right, you yeah. know. Well, it looks like Halloween's doing the same thing, I and mean, Halloween Kills from everything that I read. What do you mean? Well, leading up to, you know, the date that they were going to release it, they started, you know, kind of pumping info a little bit out there about it, you know? Mm. And one of the things that uh, they let us know was that um, Laurie Strode is not the main right. character. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe they just said it was going to be one of the other women. Yeah. I assume it's going to be her granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's a, a solid way of, of passing the torch. Yeah, but, you know, see, something like that, it's going to be Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends or whatever whatever the fuck stupid name that was. Yeah, if there's two more, movies. I know. If there's two more movies and that's it, like, damn it, Jamie Lee, you could, come on, there's two more. Like, you just do it all for the, throughout, man. She better be in Halloween Ends. It will never be two more. Halloween Ends yeah. is not going to be the end. They will reboot it. They will go back and read you know what i mean like, yeah yeah. they'll be like all right now we're gonna pick up where we left off after halloween six and curse of michael you know what i mean like yeah. you know, this the franchise will never end you know what they oh. should do they should come out and say look halloween three sucks so much we're gonna make a movie now that replaces it dude come on halloween three is genius oh, they had to remake God. halloween three no they they don't need to do that wouldn't Rob, that be awesome on. You hate Halloween three because Michael's not in it. That's the only reason. That's the main and, reason. And I, and first of all, Michael is in it. If you pay attention, when the doctor goes to the bar, uh-huh. uh, there's a TV showing the original Halloween, and you see Michael Myers. So he is actually in the movie, sort of. You are not about to pass that off as Michael Myers <laughs> being in the damn movie, Rob. I will not allow and it. Also, have you heard the fan sort of workaround for this to make it part of the franchise? Um, no. Okay, so so here's the here's the thinking, and this is how some people have tied it into the original timeline. Uh, you know the the bad guy, uh, Connell Cochran, he had robots. Okay. That were there in the town in the factory and stuff patrolling. The idea is that after Halloween two, Michael did die in the explosion, and then Colonel Cochran made a Michael Myers robot, and that's when he came back to four. What the hell? Yeah, yeah, so that's a robot. What do you think about that? I think that's stupid. (laughs) 
anything so dumb. Anything that would would turn Michael Myers into a robot to make something fit just needs a job. Why are you? Why are you? How do you back this? I'm not backing it. I'm not even saying I believe it. I'm just letting you know it's out there. It exists. God but damn Halloween it. Three is a great movie on its own. Oh, if it if they had just released that movie and called it Season of the Witch, people would love it. Uh, dude, I agree. It's so good. I it agree. The, but they didn't. It is the best movie about a guy stealing a stone from Stonehenge and trying to harness his magical powers to kill all the children on Halloween night. <laughs> Is there a large category of movies that do that? <laughs> it is the number one movie in that subgenre. Uh, well, I'm sure it is. I'll give it that. But damn it, man. See, like, that's the kind of bullshit that Halloween 3 conjures up. Like, that's why it, <laughs> And But no, you know, I agree with you, though. If they did make it their own, it, its own thing and not put it in the Halloween category, sure. All right, maybe. But they did. And... God damn it, there's certain expectations. Like, why? Yeah. Well, that's why, you know, Halloween 4 was, uh, you know, the return of Michael Myers. And then we got the revenge of Michael Myers and the curse of Michael Myers. They wanted to make sure everybody knew Michael was in those movies. Yeah. They're like, look, guys, we ain't fucking (laughs) this up again. He's here. (laughs) Oh, fuck you. But yeah, that's it for the news. Yes, that's the end of that. Fucking scream. Um, Mr. Humphrey. Yes. Uh, la- actually, last week we I took we took a little break, and there was no show last week. I needed to recalibrate my brain. But the week before that, uh, we did Urban Legend. Me and Bobby got to talking about '90s movies and a lot of '90s shit. And I was sitting there like, you know what? The night like the '80s catch a lot, man, and and rightfully so. The best horror movies were made in the '80s, without question. And the 70s catch a little mm. bit the tail end, but man, the 90s get left out. I, I don't know. I always, I go back and forth. Do I like 70s or 80s horror movies better? Yeah. Yeah. They're, um, they're both up there. Yeah. But 90s. Um, yeah. It's, it's funny. I listened to you and Bobby talk about it. And then um, so I started thinking about it a little bit. And yeah, there's some, I don't know that the 90s were a great decade for horror, but there's certainly some gems. That are in there, yeah. And I'm not gonna sit here and say by any means it was a golden age for horror or nothing like that. But man, there were uh, the ones that it had were really fucking good. Yeah, yeah. There's there some really good ones in there. Yeah, and I figured we could sit and talk about '90s horror a little bit. And I just want to start us off. Real, I'm gonna start off hot right now. All right. Leprechaun, 1993. Oh well, I I didn't know we were starting with a bad one. No, we're not starting with a bad one. <laughs> I, I just I I want to mention a leprechaun right out of the gate, only yeah. because it that's a perfect movie for the '90s decade in horror. Like that's what like you could get a fucking leprechaun chasing people around and causing chaos, and it, it ranges so much. Like that's the beauty of it. Like there's so many things in there. And I think the Leprechaun sums up '90s horror the absolute fucking best. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess it, it kind of does. I, you know, it's a s- slasher movie, maybe kind of with a creature and magic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's a bit of a mixture of a lot of the things. But I think that um, there's also a, a high camp factor to to the mm-hmm. Leprechaun. Uh, 
And that somehow speaks to the 90s to me. Um, right. There was some of that in the 80s, but I don't think most of it was intentional. It was just campy because of the time. Right. Uh, the 80s were a very campy time. Terrible clothes, terrible music. Everything about the 80s was uh -huh. just terrible. Yeah. Um, and in the 90s, I think uh, we started to see uh, sort of a trend of people purposely making these campy movies, uh, sort of tongue-in-cheek, making fun of. Uh, themselves and the you know not really making fun of the genre but you know um sort of the rise of the horror comedy um and leprechaun fits the bill for that perfectly yeah yeah it's definitely campy and i don't know it's just that like the 80s had their feel and you even have movies now who try and like recreate like what was the conjuring i think was set in the 80s or something like that uh one of them and yeah it's just done so often they had that feel and it was always like i looked at it maybe it's because i wasn't around really in the 80s but i don't know it just has that kind of feel to it that's so different like the 90s feel to a movie it's just so much more upbeat like the music was not not that all of it was good but you know like it just has that feel to it that campiness was there too there is a, a feel to a lot of 90s horror it's not necessarily a feel that i like though Really? Um, there's a yeah, there's a lot of like bad music of like you know bands that are trying to be Creed, <laughs> and a lot it's it seems really glossy and shiny, a lot of times, and the cast always looks like they plucked them out of central casting at the you know the CW, um, and there's a lot of stuff about about '90s horror that I don't like, um, and that feel sort of works for it you don't get that in the leprechaun so much no uh but you do in a lot of a lot of especially the later 90s slasher movies uh you know post scream have that urban, urban legend, legend movie. Yeah. i think it has that feel to it and um i still know what you did last summer or i know what you did last summer uh -huh. um you know those movies uh valentine remember that one yes um those movies have that sort of that sort of sheen to them we talked about i did an episode with you and bobby about the prom night remake right and that's a, Sort of thing and uh yeah they have that sort of you know uh creed wannabe music and uh, it is a feel to them that i don't really care for uh, but they definitely do have a feel yeah yeah i see i don't mind that um you know what you just told me everything that's fucking terrible about the damn 90s genre, <laughs> uh, decade hard to, give me a, a movie that you think is good well, I said there were some gems. I didn't, you know, I didn't say I liked the decade as a whole. Okay. For horror, but there are some good stuff. Um, let's see. I did. A, I made a, a list of some titles here that I think were worth uh, mentioning. Um, Event Horizon. I knew you were gonna have that on your damn list. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a '90s movie, and um, it's extremely well made. It's a you know, it's. I mean, the ultimate horror sci-fi movie is Alien. Right. Um, if there's a, anything at all that, that comes close to it, it for me, it's Event Horizon, um, and it that's also a movie that whenever people come to me and say, you know, what's a what's a horror movie that's really scary that I probably haven't seen, you know, Event Horizon is one of the first titles I'll throw at them uh, because I, it seems like it's criminally underseen, mm -hmm. um, but it's extremely well made, it, it's well acted, it's got a, an interesting story, it avoids being campy, it avoids being shiny. Uh, you know, there's narrow, narrow, or nary a, a creed riff to be heard. Um, you know, it, it's it's just a, an extremely well made and, and frightening film. Yeah, and and this had um, 
there's so many things that are 90s like you talked and you were right about everything you mentioned that shiny look and all that but i don't know it's just something about the effects in that movie too were very 90s yeah it, yeah they did have that sort of 90s um it's hard to put your finger on it quite yeah i don't even know yeah i'm not real sure what it is about those those effects that we had uh in the you know especially the you know like mid 90s mm-hmm but yeah, they they definitely also had a, a look to them, uh, and, and a feel to them. You know, it, it's it's interesting to when I think about the '90s as uh, the decade of shiny movies. I don't. It wasn't like that for the entire decade. It, it really was mostly post-screen, right? Uh, towards the end of the decade that those movies came out. But yeah. it just seems funny to me because when you look at mainstream cinema, a lot of that was getting grittier, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's sort of sort of a weird paradox. You'd think that the grittier mainstream cinema would lead to even that much grittier horror, but it didn't. It went the other way. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, but Event Horizon, uh, it definitely one of the highlights of the 90s for me, a movie that uh, I haven't seen in a while, actually, but I, I've revisited many times over the years. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a while either. But you're, you're right, that, that kind of stuff did come out later on. Um, and it's weird because Event Horizon was after Scream, right? 97? Um, well, I didn't write down the year. Yeah, for it, it was something like, but it definitely hung on to, because I know what you mean, because I'm going to bring up a movie that kind of goes right in with that, mm-hmm. and it's Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth. Holy Jesus, really? Yeah. Um, I've seen that movie, not in years, I don't remember a single thing about that movie. <laughs> well, it, it kind of, it, it was definitely darker, uh-huh. you know, it, it had the, the effects were... I don't know. It just it was a very um, sci-fi movie in a, in its own kind of way. It was a hellacious sci-fi, I guess we could deem it. But yeah. it, it had that same look of Event Horizon. Yeah. So it de- like the the '90s also like it could get dark, you know. Like it did have that, and I think Event Horizon and Hellraiser three were really good examples of that. Yeah. Um. I wish I could remember Hellraiser three more. I'm not a huge fan of the Hellraiser franchise. Really? Yeah. Um, but uh, especially the later movies, like the further along you get, the worse they get. You see. But I don't remember the third one at all. Um, but I, you know, I get what you're saying. There were uh, still some darker movies coming out, and maybe that's the difference between sort of the quote unquote mainstream horror, right. And then you know more of the stuff that was na- aimed towards the niche genre audience. Right, yeah. I, I definitely, I think you have, you can put, you have that, that glossier look that you were mentioning, and then you have stuff like Event Horizon, Hellraiser 3. Candyman is another good example of that. That was on my list, certainly Candyman. Mm, 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 mm. Um, yeah, that is probably, in my opinion, the best 90s horror movie. Really? Yeah, I love Candyman. Um everything about it works for me you know the idea of it uh her researching this urban legend and sort of going to um the place where it would have you know taken place and and that being cabrini green and uh candy man still being there um and the people in cabrini green being afraid of candy man and people not believing them and uh, there's so much it's there are so many different layers and so much depth to that story um I just I I love watching it. Um, I watched it not too long ago. I actually picked up the Blu-ray um, finally from Screen Factory not that long ago, 
Um, and I just, I love that movie. Tony Todd became um, an instant horror icon in that film. Mm-hmm. You know, he created one of the characters that uh, is, is never going to go away, I think, in horror. Um, no, we were just talking about a brand new movie based about yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, whether Tony Todd is playing him or not. Uh, right. The Candyman is never going to go away, and Candyman will always be uh, Tony Todd to me. Um, but just, it's such a an interesting role and i think it takes on a lot of interesting social issues at the same time mm-hmm. um there's just there's such depth to it that it's uh it's you know uh, it's just an absolute masterpiece and I, I think it is probably the best horror movie of the 90s yeah that it's so hard to pick because it very well might be man but I, uh, silence of the lambs gives it a run for its money and that's another one Silence of the Lambs is a great film. Yeah, I had that one on my list too. That won the Oscar for Best Picture. It yes. did a lot to bring sort of, um, I guess, sort of a, uh, I don't know, a recognition to horror as a genre right. that it could be more than what it had been in the 80s, you know, mm-hmm. for all the praise that we heap on uh, on 80s horror movies, and rightfully so. There, there are a lot of great movies. True. You know, um, I've, I've said many times, Friday the 13th is my favorite franchise. Most of those movies came out in the 80s. Uh, most of them did not do any good for the reputation no. <laughs> of horror as a as a genre for good film. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, you just didn't get that many of them. And I, I think Silence of the Lambs really stepped up and, and helped fill that void. It wasn't the first horror movie to win the Best Picture. Of course, I, I believe The Exorcist holds that honor. Right. Um, uh, but uh, it, it was one that I think showed that, you know, horror can can be more than than just the uh, goofy slasher movies that we all came to love. Um, and it's a great film as well, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with some great performances. Jodie Foster's great in it. And um, uh, why am I blanking on Hannibal Lecter? Anthony name? Hopkins. Hell yeah. Anthony Hopkins, yeah. Um, he was great in it. Um, there are people who will argue with you and tell you that Brian Cox is a better Hannibal Lecter oh, than get the fuck out. Anthony Hopkins. They're, they're wrong. Manhunter's a good movie. It's... It's not as good as a lot of people like to hype it up, in my no opinion. No way. Um, yeah, so that's a, a, a great movie all the way around, too. I just, for my money, it doesn't quite it doesn't quite strike me personally the way the Candyman does. Oh, yeah. N- n- uh, I don't know, man. I, I really love Silence of the Lambs, but it, it, it's like, look what you're putting it up against. Silence of the Lambs, Candyman, like, you, you really can't go wrong one way or the other. But yeah, I mean, definitely if, if Candyman is my one, Silence of the Lambs is my two. Right, right. I mean, you know, that's that's just how it is. And, oh, how could we forget Ted Levine in that movie? So good. Dude. It's and oh, it's dude. a shame he's as underrated as he is because everyone just thinks yeah. about Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, yeah. Ted Levine should be in more movies. You know, I, I don't think he wants to be. I guess not. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think of what, what I remember. He was in Joyride yes. as the voice. Mm. I remember that. He was in the Hills Have Eyes remake. Yeah, yeah. Big and Daddy. he was, yeah, and he was on the television show Monk, which I loved and watched for years. I didn't like Monk. You didn't like Monk? Nah, I didn't like Monk. I don't know what's wrong with you. I'm looking him up, too. Uh, he was in, oh, he was in Shutter Island. I, yeah. Well, I, mean, I I saw that once, and I actually kind of enjoyed Shutter Island, but I only, I've only seen it once. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Shutter. He was in Flubber? the fuck out I of here, see, really? I didn't see Flubber. you never seen Flubber? <laughs> nah, dude, I skipped Flubber Day. Speaking of 90s, man, Robin Williams, Flubber? <laughs> nah, nah. Damn. Nah. Uh-uh. 
was, I was out on that, dude. Yeah, I liked Flaubert. Uh, yeah, he he really talk about underrated man. Ted Levine, even just in Joyride, even though he was just a voice. Oh my God, it's what stuck out more than anything in the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, that voice of his was. was quite amazing but uh, uh-huh. yeah he should definitely be in more movies I, I don't know he's a very closed off guy it seems yeah yeah very hard to get yeah i don't know much about him ah, um, i don't think he wants us to yeah yeah it could be yeah fuck you it. know maybe he's one of those dudes who just wants to make his movies and go away and have everybody leave him alone i don't think it's hard to blame him he does and whenever yeah. he's in something it's absolutely phenomenal oh he was in he was in jurassic world too i didn't notice that he was in Jurassic World? Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, that last one. Oh, he was in that one? That movie was awful. Nah. Even 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 Ted Levine couldn't save that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that movie. Cancel, wow. <laughs> that movie was that movie sucked. It didn't make any sense. Like uh, the, at the end I just kept thinking, why don't they just do all right, well, do the dumb thing then. Uh Oh shit, he sure was, was fucking in it. He was one of the military guys. Shit. I didn't, uh, you know, Hills Have Eyes, I didn't notice it was him either until I looked up there. He hides in shit. Yeah, he can't do that. I knew, I noticed him in, in the Hills Have Eyes. Uh, I didn't notice him, and I've only seen that Jurassic World fallen whatever once at the theater, and uh, oh, that, 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 I'm good. I didn't think uh, it was that bad. No. Uh, dude, they had an auction for dinosaurs. I Come know, on. I know. It was so dumb. Yeah. I uh, See... It's kind of like, see, that's why I didn't like Jurassic World 2, uh, Jurassic Park 2, even though you praise the damn thing. I like Jurassic Park 2, yeah. Don't take them off the island. Uh, the Lost World, that didn't bother me. That was just kind of fun. Uh, it felt very Spielberg to me. Yeah, it did. To, to watch the dinosaur run through San Diego. And it wasn't a huge part of the movie. Uh, I mean, they could have com- they could have completely done without it and ended the movie before it happened and it would have been fine. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the fact that they did it didn't bother me. It was kind of a fun little, you know, ending or fourth act almost to the movie, which didn't bother me. It's much better than Jurassic Park 3. <sighs> I like Jurassic Park 3. You're crazy. <laughs> Ghost is going to listen to this and break something. Uh, yeah. she's, she's used to my opinion. <laughs> um. All right, so what else do you got on the 90s, Rob? All right, so let's see. I made a list of... Um, there are a few movies, uh, well, two movies that I put on this list that I think are really overlooked from the 90s or don't get as much love as they should. Okay. Um, the first one is Ravenous. I don't even know what that is. Ravenous is great. It is, I think the problem with it is, it, um, the audience wasn't quite ready for it because if you watch it as an extremely dark comedy, it is great. But that's the lens you have to view the movie from. And I think, you know, they sort of marketed it as uh, just a straight horror movie about cannibals. Okay. And it, you know, that's not, I mean, you get that, but it's also extremely funny if you're watching it through the dark comedy lens. So anybody who saw Ravenous and didn't like it, I recommend going back and checking it out with that in mind. Um, Look for the funny because it's there. And um, if you haven't seen it, I strongly suggest watching it because it's a, it's a lot of fun and uh, it's an excellent movie. Yeah, comedy is something you can't go into a horror movie, especially if it's heavy. It's hard to go into a, com- a horror movie not expecting that. 
Yeah. You know, and especially if it's not marketed to it like that or anything. That was kind of my thing with, um, oh, what's that movie that fucking IR Chris had? Feast. Yeah. It looked super dark. It seemed super dark. Everything I seen, I seen on it looked super dark. And it's a straight up horror comedy. Yeah. And it's like, I was not ready for that at all. So it's hard to adjust. Uh, yeah. I think the thing with Ravenous is it doesn't play like a comedy at all. Like the comedy is not really in your face. Okay. You have to sort of be looking at it through that lens of it's funny. Almost like um, I, Toby Hooper once said that uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in his mind was a dark comedy. Uh-huh. And audiences just didn't get it. And if you sure. watch it with that in mind, you can kind of see it. Um, it doesn't come through as well as, as it does in Ravenous when you look at it through that lens. Um, but you can kind of see it. This would be the same kind of thing, uh, only, you know, not, it, it works a little bit better as a comedy hmm. than Texas Chainsaw Massacre does. Yeah, I'm looking up Ravenous now. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it looks pretty fuck cool. Dude's got blood yeah. on his forehead and a cross. Like, damn. Yeah, it's got, um, I believe David Arquette's in it. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, there he is. Yeah, and um, what's that guy's name? Robert Carlyle? Is that his name? I don't know. Uh, I can't think of his name. Like the, I think the principal from Ferris Bueller's in it. Oh, David Arquette gets eaten. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but, damn. uh uh yeah, solid movie. You should you should definitely check that out. It's a really good film. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely give this one a look. Okay, what's your your other overlooked film? Um, Stir of Echoes. Yeah, another one I didn't hear about. Jesus. From 1999, starring Kevin Bacon. Oh God. This one is um, I think that it, this one sort of gets overlooked because it was the other ghost movie, the year of the Sixth Sense. So I think it, it gets, you know, it got sort of overshadowed by that, perhaps. I, I don't know for certain. That's just a, a theory that, you know, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a it's a really, really good ghost story. Um, and, and it's really uh, a lot of fun. It's set in a working class neighborhood in Chicago. Um, Kevin Bacon's character uh, gets drugged to a party that he doesn't want to go to and then uh, they talk him into being hypnotized at this party and it opens up something in his mind so that he can perceive uh, more, you know, I don't know, whatever, realms of reality or whatever the hell, I don't know. Right. And um, he starts seeing this this ghost around the house uh, and eventually around the neighborhood. And uh, it's, um, it's really scary and uh, really well made. Um, but for some reason, it does not get very much love. Hmm. Well, damn, yeah, I'm looking through this one now. I mean, it, all I see is damn Kevin Bacon. That's yeah. all his show. One more than you need, Kevin Bacon, man. Come on. You know, it's hard when you're following up, like you said, with Sixth Sense and everything, like the whole world stopped. And it, it it's hard to follow up something like that, man. Like, it really is. Yeah. Yeah, so that that could have something to do with it. Um, yeah, but anyway, uh, it's, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen Stir of Echoes, check that one out. It, it's a fun movie. Yeah, and it's an easy watch, too, which is which I like. That's good. Yeah. I don't like getting too invested in shit. That, and not, not too invested, but, you know, there's certain movies that just don't need all that. Yeah. You know, you should be able to just sit back, relax, and enjoy it. And it, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty much what this movie is. Uh, it's very easy. It's... It's not, I mean, it's, it's dark, but it's not overly dark. It's not, you know, 
um, it's a scary movie. It's not absolutely terrifying or anything. And you can just sort of sit in and watch it and enjoy it. And um, they did a, a hell of a job. Yeah. yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. Well, I, Rob, I want to bring up something else. And it's definitely very 90s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't sound like you're looking forward to what I'm about I don't to know say. what you're going to say. I don't, I don't even know, but I have a feeling I'm not going to like it. <sighs> Anaconda. Oh, I don't mind Anaconda. No, I did not think you would have liked that damn movie. Um, I don't mind it. I mean, look, is it stupid? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's fun. Right. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, there's a lot of times that snake looks really bad. Yes. Uh, yeah. And John Voight has uh, an accent. He's doing an accent in the movie that seems to be just John Voight's accent. I don't know <laughs> where the hell he, we're supposed to think that character's from, but it doesn't sound like any accent I've ever heard in my life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I can see that. It's it's nowhere near a fucking masterpiece or nothing. But damn it, man. Like, this is another one where you think 90s, and Anaconda is as 90s as the movies get. And yeah. it was fun. It had Ice Cube, J-Lo. Like, it was pop uh, culture yeah. in there. Oh, yeah, give me Ice Cube and anything. I'm down. Hell, yeah. Yeah. But uh, now somebody, I believe, I don't remember who it was, told me that there is an Anaconda-Lake Placid crossover movie. Really? And I'm down for that, but I, I haven't really looked into it too much. I should see huh. if I can find that. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, but there's a lot of... I don't know how many Anaconda sequels they made. There were a lot of Lake Placid sequels, I think, though. Yeah, hold on, I'm looking it up now. Unfortunately, my brain will make me watch every single one of those before I get to Anaconda versus Lake Placid, so... yeah. It may have been why I stopped looking into it. I'm like, I didn't want to sit through all these shitty, like, Placid movies. I know. I know. Apparently, there was four Anaconda movies. Okay. And I don't know. It, I mean, it's hard. Like, see, look. A movie like that, I mean, yeah, sure, snakes can be scary and everything. And, like, I'm looking at Anaconda 3 now, and the snake looks way better, but it also looks like it's, like, they made it look too good yeah which you also don't need so yeah i i don't know if you're you're not going to be able to do this movie very many times and i think you need a cast like ice cube and j-lo it's not like they're going to win any awards for their performances or nothing but they make the movie fun and they they make it pretty much make it watchable <laughs> you know yeah, like yeah. you can relate to it kind no, of no that's the first thing you say, Anaconda, the first thing that comes to my mind is Ice Cube. Right. Like, he's great in that movie. You know, it's, it's just his character is a lot of fun. J-Lo was pretty nice, too, in that damn thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I So, yeah, I would think of J-Lo, and then I think of John Voight's accent. Right. And then I think of John Voight. You think uh, of everything but the snake, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, Anaconda's not a great movie, but it, it is a lot of fun. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, again, there's nothing wrong with fun. No, not at all. And and I think that's, it, it, you have, like, we talked about Candyman, Silence of the Lambs, and Hellraiser 2. And it's not all about, but that was a good part of the 90s. Like, I think the the most 90s movies are fun. Yeah. You know, and it's it's stuff like that that kind of, like, like Leprechaun, like I mentioned Leprechaun 2. Yeah. They, it, it, they were fun movies. Yeah, those are fun movies. Some of them are more fun than others. 
True. Very, very true. That's I mean that's true of every franchise though. It doesn't matter. Right. Um yeah. Uh speaking of franchises and movies that are more fun than others, I um I don't know, within the last couple of years or so, I rewatched I Know What You Did Last Summer. Uh-huh. D- not good. That is not a good movie. Um, but I did also watch I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, the sequel, and that one, that's where it's at. That's a movie that a lot of people, I think, sleep on because it is fantastic. I haven't seen that sequel in a long time. Yeah, yeah. The original, I didn't enjoy it at all when I was watching it. But the, the sequel, I do, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. It was exactly what uh, a slasher sequel should be. It has Rasta Jack Black, which is awesome. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, Jack Black living in a resort with dreads selling weed to people. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, that's all you need to know, right? Yeah. Uh, I yeah, it was great. I really, I really had a blast with that one, and so that that one gets overlooked. Uh, I think a lot, uh, or maybe not. It's not overlooked, you know. And since it's underseen, I think people just have a bad memory of it for some reason. Yeah. Um. We we had did. I don't remember how long ago it was. It was a while ago now. Uh. We did. I know what you did last summer, and that was the the last time. Well, the first time I had watched it in a long time, and. It's I I remembered it. It's all right. It wasn't great or anything. It had its moments that were really good. It had like maybe two moments that were really good. But other than that, like the thing that sticks out to me the most was mm. the killer is just so awful in that damn movie. Oh yeah, it's a fisherman. Yeah, yeah the fisherman. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Got to be somebody, I guess. <sighs> but a fisherman, yeah. like God <laughs> damn it, man! Like that's the most unscary killer in any movie. Yeah, well, watch the sequel. You should watch the sequel. It's, it, that one's really entertaining. I, I had a lot of fun with that one. Uh, there's a third movie, I think, called "I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer." Yeah, do not watch that. I can what, imagine if, if you are ever sitting there and think, "Hey, I'm going to watch this movie." Do yourself a favor instead. Get up, get a can of lighter fluid, set your television on fire. <laughs> Jesus. Do not watch that movie. Set your television on fire before you push play on that terrible movie. That bad? Oh, it's awful. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen. Worse than Rubber? Oh, oh. Well, Rubber, <laughs> I mean, well, you know, we can go down this road again. No, 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 no. <laughs> I had my cigarette already. I can't, I can't go through the Rubber tomorrow um, again. Yeah, no, this is seriously one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I barely made it through, and I never stopped moving. Yeah, like I just I don't I, once if I start a movie, um, <laughs> and I make it, it through. If I make it ten minutes or more in, I will watch the whole thing. The reason I give myself ten minutes is because with streaming services, a lot of times I'll you'll turn on a movie and it's like you know literally they made it on no budget at all, and the acting is so bad and the lighting's terrible. It's like you know, those things are just unwatchable. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, if I hit the 10-minute mark, I'm in for the rest of the ride. Okay. Uh, and, but I almost turned that one off because it is so dumb and so bad. Okay. I, I mean, whenever a franchise, especially when they, uh, I don't want to say, I guess, die off. Not that I know you did last summer lasted very long, but, you know, like the first one was a big deal. The second one came out. It kind of, as far as public perception, it didn't do phenomenal. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know that third one's really going to suck. Yeah, but and I think the third one wasn't made until, I don't remember what year, but it was well into the 2000s, I think, when they made that one. Oh, God. 
Yeah, I want to say it was like I, for some reason I'm thinking it was 2006, but I, I don't remember. Uh, but yeah, terrible movie. I look up the budget real quick. Oh God, I don't even have the budget listed. That goes to show you. Oh well, wait a minute. Oh no, the first one I know what you did last summer, seventeen million dollar budget. The second one, twenty four. I really wish I could find what the third one was. And yeah, probably not even gonna. Let me see if it's on here. Yeah, no, it's not even listed. Oh dear God, just the poster. Jesus Christ! <laughs> wow. Yeah. They don't even. That's as good as it gets. Oh my God. <laughs> This is awful. The poster alone is terrible. It's like they're... When did this movie come out? It was 2006. It looks like a 90s, like, Scream, I Know What You Did Last Summer wannabe poster made in 2006. What the fuck? Looks awful. Holy... I could have made a better poster than that. Yeah, it's... Yeah. And that pretty much... That... You could have made a better movie, too. (laughs) Holy shit. And they got that crappy killer on the damn... I don't know what it is about that movie. Man, the killer really sucked. Like, I, I just can't get over it. It's a fisherman. It's a fisherman in a fucking... In a one of those hooded yeah, wet coats. Whatever the hell they call But yeah, the sequel, though, I still know what he did last summer. I really, really liked that. Yeah. Big thumbs up. I gotta check that one out. I want to mention two movies that... Well, actually... Uh, okay. This movie that I'm about to mention to you, it may not be the most 90s movie, but I think it is the best description. If you were to tell somebody, if somebody asked you what what were horror movies like in the 90s, and what was the, even what was the decade of the 90s like, I would tell them to watch Bride of Chucky. Um, Yeah, that's not a bad call. That's, that's a good movie. Right. Um, it, It's a lot of fun. I think that at the time it came out, obviously, it was um, completely shit on. It was, wasn't uh, it? Yeah. Um, but I, I think over time it, it's become, uh, it's one of the better entries in that franchise. Uh-huh. And uh, I think it's become recognized as such. I mean, it, it's it, it's goofy, it's campy, um, but it is a lot of fun. And, you know, I mean, it really... I think that was really the only direction they could take the character of Chucky at that point. Right. I mean, there's only so much mileage you're going to get out of him, um, as a a scary doll. Right. Um, so yeah, I really liked that one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the music adding, uh, Tiff, I mean, it was just, uh, dude, what a fucking way. I mean, the fourth movie in, you changed the entire franchise for the better. I mean, Seed and yeah. Chucky was a huge piece of shit. Oh, it's awful. God, I hate that movie. But, yeah. I mean, t- for the fourth movie in a franchise to arguably, I, I don't think, it, I don't know, it's a toss-up between that and the original, but to arguably be the best movie in the franchise, like, that doesn't happen often. Yeah, um... Yeah, that is. It's really close with the original. I I still think I would pick the original um, as my favorite of the franchise, but it's really close. Bride of Chucky is really good. Yeah, it's just scream nineties, man. Like, it, and the visuals, like effects and everything, it was ahead of its time. It, it was just such a like music and all, man. That fucking movie was that was the epitome of the night, especially the late nineties. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. That was a that was a good movie, and it had John Ritter. I love John. You always Ritter. get points. 
always score points with me if you put John Ritter in your movie. Hell yeah, John Ritter was the man. Yeah, yeah, John Ritter was good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we had talked about Urban Legend last week, uh, last episode. I'm not going to really spend much time on that, but I think that was a super underrated movie. So I'm, you know, that that people need to see that. Yeah, I watched that one. Um, I don't know when, a couple of years ago, I think at this point maybe. Right. Um, but I, I I liked it a lot better than I remembered liking it when it came out. Yeah. And I think that it was sort of, you'd had Scream, and I know what you did last summer. Um, I think it already come out. And so now it was like, oh, this is a Scream copycat. Right. You know what I mean? You yeah. started to see that. And, and it was. Um, yeah, but it's well done. It's It's a good movie. Yeah, I, I definitely, I liked it a lot, man. A lot, a lot. And super, super underrated. I, like, I think kind of like what you said earlier with uh, Sixth Sense, and it, I, I think it was just so overlooked on screen that, you know, people just kind of ignored it. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it got lost in the sort of late 90s slasher shuffle. Yeah. You know, because after Scream came out, everybody was making slasher movies trying to it was you know a renaissance and for the most part most of them were good right um and that's true of the 80s too you know the 80s slasher craze when you look at most of those movies they aren't good <laughs> yeah um urban legend yeah urban Le uh, that was a, a good movie it had a, a really solid concept a really great cast right you know it was executed really well uh, i like that one i also watched the sequel and i don't think i liked that one nearly as much but i, I honestly don't remember it I I don't think I ever seen it. Yeah, I know that I did watch it, but I I couldn't tell you. I think it's like they're it's the same college and their film students or something. But I I can't remember much beyond that. So obviously it wasn't that great. It didn't leave any sort of impression. Yeah, it's it would seem like it. Like that's something you're not going to get a lot of yards out of. So yeah, um, I put on my list. Um. Well, it's, it's one of the, it's just a great horror movie. It came out in 1992, um, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Okay. This movie, I think is just, first of all, it's expert, expertly made. It's Coppola. It's, it's, he's not, you know, the man doesn't mess up. Like he knows how to make a movie. Right. Um, the story with its sort of, um, you know, the early nineties, there was, uh, you know, fear of, HIV and AIDS was, you know, running rampant. And the story uh, has those undertones running all throughout it. Um, you get uh, Gary Oldman with a fantastic performance as, as Count Dracula. Uh, there's just a, a lot going on in this movie and this retelling of uh, the classic Bram Stoker ta tale. And, mm -hmm. um, it, you know, it's a movie I think I saw it three times in theaters when it came out. Um, I just absolutely love this movie. And, uh, you know, I think it's. I I feel like it's a movie that pretty much everybody agrees is is good, but also a movie that doesn't get talked about nearly enough. And that was uh, again an early '90s movie that you know, uh, I, when I looked it up, I was actually kind of surprised that it was 1992. I thought it was a little earlier than that. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see that. I don't remember if I seen that movie, but man, there were a couple of vampire movies in the '90s that were really good. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. Twilight wasn't in the 90s. No. Oh, God. Why the fuck? What? Why? Don't bring that. I should, I bleep, I'm going to bleep you again. I'm going to bleep you again. Here's another bleep. Damn it. <laughs> Fucking Twilight. 
Oh, you know what? Interview with a vampire. Oh yeah, yeah. Ninety four. Yeah, and you know what? They're they're a lot of the same, I guess, uh, type of vampire in both movies. Maybe it's just the time period. Um, but yeah, uh, very similar types of vampires uh, in both of those films. Um, and that is a that is a good movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. That's another one I think gets overlooked maybe a little bit, um, which is weird because it was so popular when it came out. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the cast is incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and Anne Rice, the books were flying off the shelves. And, <laughs> uh, every goth girl loved them. <laughs> you know, that's true. Yeah, uh, the nineties. You know, another 90s movie that just screams 90s to me is House on Haunted Hill. That movie was phenomenal. House on Haunted Hill. I get that one confused with The Haunting because they came out, I want to say, roughly the same time. Yeah, I think they did. Um, One I liked, one I did not. (laughs) Oh, man. I hope you liked House on Haunted Hill. That Chris Kattan, man. That's not a real selling point for me. Really? Yeah. Oh, come on. Hold on. I'm I'm looking it up. I'm, I'm running to look it up now. Let's see if it's the one I liked or the one I didn't like. I think this is the one I liked. I think The Haunting is the one I, I didn't like. Oh, Jeffrey Rush. I like him. Rob, I am so upset with you right now. Why? What is love? You're going to hate on Chris Kattan like that, man? Yeah. yeah. Not at the Roxbury? Uh, no, no. Oh, that movie's awful. You're not knocking your head right now? No. Really? No. Rob. No. Okay, this is the one that I like. What? Yeah, House House on Haunted Hill is the one that I like. Okay. But, I, you know, it didn't leave much of an impression, obviously, because I had to look it up to see if it was the one I liked or the one I disliked. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, again, the, a lot of these movies that we're mentioning, with the exception of a few, they're not anything glorious or anything, but damn it, man, House on Haunted Hill was a really fun movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I did enjoy that movie, um, uh, despite it having Chris Kattan. Uh, but again, Jeffrey Rush, another actor, if you put in a movie, I'm probably going to like it. it. It's at least going to up its score a little bit because uh, I like Jeffrey Rush a lot. Yeah. Um, I had another 1992 movie on my list. Uh-oh. Uh, it would be the third movie in uh, Sam Raimi's Evil Dead Ooh. Uh, trilogy. Army of Darkness came out in 1992. Damn, it sure did, didn't it? Yeah. Mm. And, you know, we talked about um, in the 90s, there was a lot of leaning into the camp <laughs> that we found in the genre. I don't know that uh, it gets any more uh, apparent on screen than it does in Army of Darkness, which, you know, I mean, the Evil Dead... Uh, and Evil Dead 2 were both uh, over the top, mm-hmm. uh, but they were they were um, straight over the top horror. Um, you know, there was there was comedic elements to just how over the top and gory they were. You know, right. by the time we get to Army of Darkness, it's like a horror comedy. Um, you know, you've got uh, you've got Ash Williams running around with his his boomstick in the medieval times and. <laughs> You know, his chainsaw arm. and uh, uh, But it's great. It, it's a fantastic movie. And um, I don't think it's, uh, you know, really breaking any news with that. But I, I did think it was worth pointing out that that came out in 1992. So it was a 90s movie because I tend to think of that as being late 80s for some reason. Right. Um, but no, it was, that is indeed a 90s movie. 
Yeah, I thought it was 80s too, but damn, it sure isn't. That's the most ridiculous movie, but it's so (laughs) fucking good. I'm so glad you brought that up. I forgot about that one. Damn, man. You know, there's something to be said about movies that can be... Like, when you really say a movie is bad, like, a movie has to be really fucking shitty for it to be considered as bad because you have a movie like this that is phenomenal and it is bad, but it's so good. Yeah. There's a magic to those uh to those Raimi films there really is yeah they can be bad but somehow they're still so damn good and you know Bruce Campbell I think gets a lot of credit for that um he's great in that movie he's uh he's great in both the Evil Dead movies um yeah he's just he's he is Ash Williams and he's wonderful as that character you know even the TV show Ash versus the Evil Dead he's he's incredible in that mm-hmm. um so yeah that's uh that that movie I'm a big fan of Oh yeah, yeah, and man, that there's certain movies I truly believe that couldn't have come out in any other time than when they came out. And man, this was one of them. Like it was an early yeah. '90s movie for sure. Yeah, and you had that that you know, like the skeleton army that was like the stop motion, you know, Harryhausen looking effects and stuff. Yeah, just uh, yeah, it just perfect, perfect uh, movie and. Uh, uh, I was surprised again when I looked it up and saw it was ninety two because I would have I would have guessed I would have guessed ninety at the latest. So seeing ninety two I was I was surprised. Yeah, especially looking at the graphics too, you would have and the facts it would have been done a lot earlier than it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those poor bastards. Yeah. But uh I mean we there there's so many movies that don't need to be talked about too like Scream uh, Yeah, I didn't I didn't put Scream on my list. I, no uh, need one, to. I I thought, you know, we didn't really need to talk about it and I figured if you thought we needed to talk about it it would be on yours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing needs to be said about Scream. I mean, then you had Scream 2, of course. Halloween H2O was I I think that was a pretty mm. good one. I I don't care for Halloween H2O. Um no. No, I I think it. There's a lot of problems with that movie. I like um, the opening sequence with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, I think that's really good. Um, beyond that, it doesn't feel like a Halloween movie to me. It feels more like a Scream movie. Yeah. It's got that. It's got that. Uh, you know, '90s shine to it. That, that sort of aesthetic. And also, they really botched the mask on in that movie. Like it looks. That mask is horrible if you look at it like michael just looks i'm gonna look it up real quick he just looks stupid <laughs> and it changes a couple of times too they don't use the same mask so the hair color changes at a couple different points oh yeah um, right. it's, just, it's just garbage um i like the idea of h2o i just i don't really like the way it was executed yeah i'm looking at it now and looks like there was uh it does change because there's this one scene i'm looking at where it looks kind of cool but yeah, the other ones, Jesus Christ, what the fuck were they doing? I never yeah. really took notice. Yeah, and um, also it's not you know it's not by accident that it it has a, a feel of a scream movie. I mean, Kevin Williamson. I right. don't know if he's actually credited as the writer on that, but he he definitely took a pass or two with the script. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you know that that wasn't by accident at all. They they wanted him in there. Um, unfortunately, too, it was directed by Steve Miner. And I really like Steve Miner. I think Steve Miner is a guy who's overlooked oh, as shit. a horror director from Friday you know, and his, everything. Yeah, yeah, his career has been been pretty damn incredible. 
as a horror director, and I, I feel like he doesn't get as much love as he needs to. I didn't even know he directed this thing. Yeah, yeah, he directed that one. You know, um, he did like Placid. He did House. Yeah, yeah, I remember he did do that. Yeah, yeah, he did the Friday movies, the uh, two and three. I think are the only ones he did. Uh-huh. Uh, but he's done. Yeah, he's done a lot of uh, a lot of really good work, and I think he gets overlooked some. I just, you know, I think trying to, you know, and this was one that was made by Dimension, so the Weinsteins were involved. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, they were known for, you know, just basically taking over productions entirely. Um, I read a book called Taking Shape, which uh, goes through every entry in the Halloween franchise and sort yeah. of talks about the production and everything leading up to the making of the movie and it's a really in-depth book. It's really great. I, I highly recommend it. I don't read books, but I was really into this one. But they go through every single movie, and uh, you know what they discovered about this movie was just how heavy the Weinstein's hand was in the production. Um, right. And I, I think that really was to you know Steve Miner's detriment uh, on the film, and, and ultimately to the film's detriment. You know they wanted uh, they wanted a movie that looked like Scream but had Michael Myers in it, and that's what they got. But it's, you know, at the risk of not being a Halloween movie, in my opinion, almost. Right, right. And, yeah, it, it you could definitely, you were able to feel it. And you would think, like, Halloween Scream would be a pretty good mashup, but eh, it just didn't work out very well at all. Yeah, there's a, um, there's a real feel to John Carpenter's Halloween. Yes. Um, it, that movie, to me, it feels like, the holiday Halloween, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the second one, Halloween two has that same feeling. Right. Um, Carpenter was pretty kind of involved. He didn't direct it, but he was involved a lot with the production of that one. Mm-hmm. I think that probably had a lot to do with it. And, um, other than that, some of the other sequels have come close. I think the one that has come closest is actually the newest one. The reasons I like the 2018 Halloween so much. Um, I think they did a great job at capturing that feel of John Carpenter's Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, when watching the movie h2o might be one of the worst ones and it's not only that 90 sheen though but they also took it out of illinois it's set in uh you know upstate california right um you know so it's not the same location and everything i get that um but yeah it just i i think the the concept was was really good uh the execution was really poor yeah yeah i can agree with you on that one um, another one that doesn't really need to be talked about, Blair Witch Project. Fucking love that movie. I did have that one on my list. Um, you know, that's a very divisive movie. Yeah. People either love it or they hate it. I, I you know, look, I like the movie. I see why people who don't, don't. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, um, and certainly, you know, much younger people, it's hard, I think, for them to put it into perspective. But this movie was a phenomenon when it came out. Oh, um, yeah. You know, it was really, it wasn't the first found footage movie, but no. it was the one that without this, you're not getting paranormal activity. Nope. Um, you're not getting, you know, for good or bad, most of the found footage movies that we got after it. And, you know, and it was something nobody, you know, a mass audience hadn't seen anything like this before. Um, you know, and people thought it was real. Yeah. Um, the marketing was, was genius for this movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think it's, there's not a whole lot that needs to be said about it, but it's also, you know, I mean, it's whether you like it or not, you can't ignore the impact that it had on horror in the 90s. It's probably, other than Scream, 
uh, I don't. It, other than Scream and maybe Silence of the Lambs, it's probably the most important movie from the '90s in the horror genre. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. As great yeah. as Candyman is, out of importance, you know, I would definitely put Blair Witch. I mean, like you said, a lot, probably any of the found footage movies, at least how we see, we know them today. I mean, someone might have stumbled across the idea of doing it eventually, but yeah, definitely not paranormal activity. And I mean, we would be missing out on a lot of great movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, yeah, yeah, I think you're right about that. Um, I still think, I mean, Side by side, I think Candyman's the better movie, but it's right. not the more influential movie at all. Right, right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I only had one other movie to, to bring up at all, and you mentioned vampire movies. Mm-hmm. 1996's From Dusk Till Dawn. Ooh, yeah. Um, is such a great movie. A big and, one, too. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, there are people who, and I was one of these people for a long time, who say it's better before the movie switches, you know, when it's Mm -hmm. just a road movie. Uh, And I used to think that until I saw it uh, a couple of years ago. I don't remember, maybe three years ago or something um, at the theater again. Uh, It was showing at a festival that I go to every year. That's not happening this year. God damn it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, But they were showing from dust till dawn and watching it. um, You know, the movie is good before it switches once it switches it ramps up to another gear that is just it insanely crazy um and it's so much fun hmm. uh you know i just I, there's there's so much to love about the movie from beginning to end it's uh it's an interesting way to make a horror movie and that it's not really a horror movie for the first half <laughs> so uh-huh. you know it's more a crime movie um yeah and you know so many iconic characters come out of that also, I mean, you know, George Clooney with the neck tattoos. Love and George Clooney. Quentin Tarantino being the weirdo, mm-hmm. um, who I guess is, you know, kind of playing himself, uh, from what I understand. <laughs> uh, you know, Salma Hayek dancing around with that snake. I mean, hey, nobody's forgetting that. Mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, but so, I, yeah, I love From Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, damn, man. I, I didn't even, I forgot about that one, too. There's, there's just some movies like, I, I don't know if that one really feels like a 90s movie. Like, I uh, I guess it does, but there's certain ways it feels yeah. ahead of its time. Yeah, it does feel a bit ahead of its time. I think for me, what really drives it home or makes it feel like a 90s movie is um, all the little Robert Rodriguez touches that are in there and uh-huh. the fact that Quentin Tarantino is in there. I mean, right. um, Robert Rodriguez made, I think, probably his best movies in the 90s. Um, Quentin Tarantino has gone on to make a lot of great movies throughout the years you know but he uh-huh. came up in the 90s um and to me will always you know sort of represent the 90s. i mean there are just certain directors that i think of as 90s directors and tarantino is at the top of that list um even though he's done fantastic work throughout his career right and i so hope we can get a quentin tarantino directed friday the 13th but i don't think that's going to happen Ooh. He, he threw it out there once upon a time that he would like to do one that would be interesting i don't know yeah. I don't know, man. Well, I don't think I don't know if this lawsuit's ever going to get settled. I don't know what's going I, on with that. I know, man. It it doesn't it doesn't seem like it. It also seems like it's already done its damage. You know, like as far as the game too. Like mm-hmm. they just flat out said, no matter what, good, bad, and different, we're not doing anything further on the game, which sucks. Yeah. 
So I don't know. There'll always be movies though once it finally does get figured out. Oh yeah. No, they're gonna they're gonna jump right back on the on the, the train. I think they'll have a movie going pretty soon after this whole thing gets figured out, would mm-hmm. be my guess. Especially after seeing all the money that Halloween made a couple of years ago. You know, right. you'd be crazy not to jump back on that train. Yeah, yeah. I I could say dude, I mean I think there's always going to be money. I think the only one with an actual fall off in interest, and it kills me to say it, was Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, well, the remake did it no favors. No, that remake is not. It's it's not good. It's just, and yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with that franchise going forward. I did, you know, it's it was uh, announced a while ago that the Craven family apparently has the rights, mm-hmm. and they were accepting um, pitches from people. For a new film, uh, but you know, I, I'm not sure what direction you go on with that thing. Who the fuck knows, man? Yeah, um, you know, the the thing that made Freddy so unique and, and different was the fact that he talked and he didn't wear a mask. We saw mm-hmm. his face as uh, the thing that may end up killing the character in the franchise in the end. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, because well you can done. always you can always find another big guy to throw a Jason mask on. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. It won't hurt it at all. Yeah. Yeah, poor Freddy. God damn it. That's true. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. That its main attraction might be its ultimate downfall. Yeah. I'm yeah. telling you, they need to just fucking CGI a Robert England Freddy Krueger in there, man. They need to just fucking do that. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could be done, but... Ugh. That's the way to do know. it, man. If they can do know. it right and not, like, go a little too far with it and make it all silly and just legit try their best to make it look like Robert England's in there... I'd be willing to watch it. Yeah, yeah. If I if I'll sit through that remake, I'll sit through anything. But <laughs> it's the fucking truth. Ah, oh. that's the truth. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. I think we went through a ton of movies. I just want to give quick mentions to honorable mentions in the year, just okay. because I feel like they're you know '90s movies: Hellraiser, Bloodline, uh, Body Snatchers. Yeah, movies like Zipper Face that were fun. Jason. I don't know what the fuck that is. Zipper face. You never seen Zipper face? No. What the fuck is that? Dumb as fuck. It it yeah. was, but it's good. Like it's one of those. It sounds like, dumb. It's very dumb, but it's fun. It's like it's a fun '90s horror movie. All right. Uh, Jason goes to hell was a huge piece of shit, but it came out yep. in the '90s. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, and legendary, iconic masterpieces that are Leprechaun two and three. No, oh, for God's sake! All right, first of all. <laughs> Leprechaun 2 is not good. No, it's not. I'll agree. I do not like Leprechaun 2. Leprechaun 3, though, that might be the best of the franchise. I like Really? Now, if I'm thinking of the right ones, 3 is Vegas, right? 3 is Vegas. Yeah, yeah. I like that one a lot. Vegas, the Leprechaun in Vegas is a lot of fun. I like I really that do movie, like that too. The best? Uh, I think it might be the best. I don't know. I better don't know. than OG? Come on, Rob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not better than the OG. There you, you go. might be right. You might be right. All right. As long as we can agree that Leprechaun's a masterpiece, that's all that matters. Um, okay. I'll give you I'll give you the win since you're trying to quit smoking, but <laughs> And I went through this whole episode with one cigarette, so See? Fucking See? small victories, man. Yeah. Um but yeah, that's it, Rob. I would like to thank you for hopping on with me. It's been somewhat fun. It was Yeah. Yeah. It was mildly painless. <laughs> mildly. <laughs> Yeah, it was fun to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem. Guys, go check us out at SlasherRadio.com. Follow us on Twitter at SlasherRadio. I'm at Mikey's Dead. Mr. Humphrey, where are you at? Radio Rob, one, two, three.
And uh, don't forget about to follow This Horror Life at This yes. Horror Life. Yep. That is my show that uh, I do with Ghost. And, uh, you know, Ghost, she's been on here before. She has been. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And um, we do a, a new episode every couple of weeks. So, um, you know, you can find us wherever fine podcasts are located. Yeah. What the hell? What? I was going to shout out Ghost's handle. I don't even remember it. It is Ghost with a zero underscore J. Yeah, I hear you struggle with that every week. Yeah, I'm starting to get it down now. <laughs> if I could just remember what damn episode number we're on, I'll be happy. Yeah, if you don't remember. And you don't even remember my handle. You get her confusing-ass <laughs> fucking algebra Twitter handle. You can't get mine. Like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. Well, I say hers every couple of weeks now. So um, I, I'm starting to learn that one. Yours, I never have to type it in. I, if I push at and M, you're the first one that comes up. So well, we like, are. Right. We're Twitter besties. Remember? That. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So lucky you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you, like you hit the lottery. Oh my god. Boring. <laughs> Thanks for checking us out, guys. We'll be back next week. Good night from Slasher Radio. Hit the lottery. <laughs> the friendship lottery. Jesus Christ. All the best with Flasher Radio Podcast. Let's <laughs> go.